Hello. Welcome to Human Tech, a podcast about the intersection between humans and technology. My name is Guthrie. I'm here with Susan. Hey, Susan. Hello. Uh, today's topic is about Microsoft. So it is recent things that Microsoft is happening, maybe a little bit of the past history, uh, the UX of various sort of Microsoft-y products. Um, yeah and uh, some recent announcements. So that is that is, that is what we're going to uh, tackle today. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Uh, you start, Kathryn. So uh, we are, we're choosing Microsoft. We were thinking about doing Microsoft for a bit. There's a lot in there, long history of Microsoft. And uh, I think Microsoft is maybe a little underappreciated for its role in uh, user experience, for its role in... Um, human-computer interaction. Oh, it's a controversial role. Yeah. Well, we I know they just stole that. it from Xerox. I'm sure everyone, anyone listening knows that whole story. But regardless of not, you know, what's the, uh, you know, um, imitation is the greatest form of flattery or something? Yeah. They, they certainly, um, you know, maybe they didn't invent it, but they did popularize uh, the a graphical, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, all kinds of things. Um, and so I don't think they maybe get as much credit as other big companies because uh, traditionally Microsoft has been seen as stiff, corporate, um, not uh, traditionally not as cool and sexy as a Google or some other Silicon Valley startups. Uh, and so they, they, they're not seen as maybe as groundbreaking and revolutionary as they are uh, in a lot of different fields. Um, and so we can we can talk a little bit a little bit about that. Definitely. Um, yeah. Should we start with the past or should we start with uh, the current events? Oh, oh, let's start with current events and work our way backwards. How's that? Okay, let's let's do that. So um, the cur- current events with Microsoft, uh, there are two things, and they're all sort of three things, and they're all sort of tied together. Yeah. Um, the the first. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's there's three topics that we're going to talk about with the current events. The first one is not um, is not necessarily what you would expect, uh, but it is about what is called Microsoft Loop, uh, which is I have been looking forward to. I have wanted to transition our business over to Microsoft Loop for two years. As soon as I saw the demo, like a bajillion okay, years ago. Can I say ago. that um, I I didn't know about this till right now? So we definitely have to yeah. talk about this. Yes. Okay, uh, micro- so Microsoft Loop we're going to talk about. Uh, Microsoft Loop is really, really interesting. As soon as I saw it, I was like, this is fantastic. All and, right, what's number two that we're going to talk about? Number two, um, so they announced they announced uh, Microsoft Loop. Number two is, of course, um, Copilot, which Microsoft is... Microsoft Copilot, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> In I watched... Uh, I, I, did you watch the entire Copilot? Uh, I watched the entire Copilot yeah. video. Video. I also did as well. They're sort of announcement 36 video. 36 minutes. I and have lots to say. It's so funny. Um, for those of you who don't know, Copilot, uh, they, in the, in the, uh, lots to complain about in, you know, the corporate, you know, <laughs> yes, we're unveiling about, our new we'll product. The video. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, Apple is just the, the the production value of the Apple stuff is so much better. It's kind of amazing. But uh, they went out of their way to say that Copilot wasn't just ChatGPT shoehorned into Microsoft Office products because they're using you know data from uh, you know all, all all the data that you've ever done in Microsoft is you know basically used as the base point but it sure as heck looks a lot looks a lot like like shoehorning chat gpt into microsoft all right so but in fairness to using um microsoft's other sort of services and data as sort of a repository to do stuff with it yes um but all right so we're going to talk about loop we're going to talk about copilot what is the third piece of the current microsoft things we're going to talk about the third piece is only ancillarily related, but it okay. does sort of tie in to this. Um, for those of you who may not know or may not remember, um, all the tech startups have backed various AI horses. Uh, the Open AI initiative, which is has se- seeming to be the initial winner, yes. um, that is a horse backed by Microsoft. So Microsoft uh, is the one who invested heavily in it. They have the largest controlling stake. They get the first bite at the apple, 
so to speak. Um, so it it shouldn't, you know, in some way, in some ways, all the tech companies are trying to win AI, and that probably means yeah. we all lose. But uh, as as I will reiterate, um, every time I do this, I think it should almost all be illegal. And there needs to be regulation and fines and oversight and all kinds of stuff. Yes, we're, we'll um, talk about that. But but related to that, you know, they there there are new models that allow. Um, uh, I, did you know about the way that Chat GPT makes money? All right, so we're. I'm still trying. I'm trying to get this high level agenda here. We're going to talk about current Microsoft current. issues. We're going to talk about Loop, Loop. and Copilot and yep. this third thing that I haven't said what this it is. This third yet. thing that you We're haven't said. Kind of preambling. What it is. So do you know how chat, how OpenAI makes money? Well, they just got $20 a month from me. So the way it works, yes, they have that. But for the most part, um, many businesses, specifically like Amazon Web Services or Microsoft, mm -hmm. sort of whatever, is it Azure Cloud? I, I forget exactly what they call this stuff. You know, you pay on like the instant. So it's like a trillionth of a penny anytime you yeah. use their resources. Yeah. And it's like that with OpenAI. So anytime okay. you run a query, right, it's like, a, you know, they a, get a millionth of a cent okay. every for every sentence or whatever. I forget whatever it is. There's okay. some there's some way that they calculate, you know, using the servers. So you know, there's a certain barrier to entry. If if we wanted to use ChatGPT in our business in our products, business, we yeah. could. We could go and do that, but it does cost money to do so. To do that. So that brings me to, um, and we are recording this on March 22nd, that brings me to the uh, GTC NVIDIA 2013 keynote that happened on the 21st. Ooh. And uh, I'm guessing you didn't hear about this. No. So, uh, so, many, so many videos I can watch. In I didn't even watch the video. I just read the highlight. I didn't even oh, need to watch okay. it. So this is, so NVIDIA, they make graphics cards. Yeah. Um, they're most well known for their consumer line of cards, right? So the yeah. cards that are powering our desktops are both NVIDIA cards right now. Yes, they are. Um, and, uh, but, but they're big, you know, much like many other consumer facing companies. Yeah, that's fine. But their big clients are in the corporate space. And so this is this is their developer conference where they talk okay. about some of the nerdier stuff that yeah. never going to see the light of day in a you know Best Buy. Yeah. So what they announced was the uh, H100 NVL with dual GPU NVLink. Sure, got three. Based on their safe. Hopper architecture. Okay. With a transformer engine to process right. models. A hopper architecture and a transformer. That's what engine. the H stands for. Is our hopper. That's what I really want to know about. Okay, so here's what's important. Right yeah. now, you can buy an HGX A100 cluster mm -hmm. of, and I'll, <laughs> I know that I'm making something. I'm just I'm doing it on purpose. I'll I'll I'll, speak, I'll say it in layman's terms. They sell GPUs that are really really good at AI calculations. Okay. Most of the AI processing that happens happens on what we would consider a graphic a, a graphic cards, a graphical card. process mm -hmm. unit. Mm -hmm. And there's really because the graphics card architecture, a CPU architecture is, you know, we're doing one thing but really fast. Mm -hmm. And a graphics card architecture is traditionally, I mean, this is such a simplification. This is like uh, when you gave that talk in front of all the neuroscientists at the Mayo Clinic. <laughs> That that you didn't know that they had all been invited. She uh, there was this talk at the Mayo Clinic, and it was about it UX. Was supposed it was, to be for UX. For UXers, people. you know, and so they're like, "Oh, we just invited everyone." We invited at the Mayo. everyone. I'm like, "What do you mean, everyone? So, do you mean like neuroscientists?" And they went, "Well, yeah, sure." And then there I was with the slide that says. There are three brains, <laughs> the the new brain, brain the, the old brain. brain, and the social brain. Midbrain. And it's like, oh, yeah, my. And, and the slide comes up and I go, oh, God, there are neuroscientists. There's like for actual neuroscience. It's like, this is not. Anyways. Yes. So, yes, yes. The <laughs> CPU is all what one, you know, one thing at a time, but very quickly. Yeah. Generally, the GPU is slower, but 
many, many things, things. parallel processing. And when you're talking about um, doing AI calculations, the type of calculations that are needed to run AI models, what you need is you need billions and billions and trillions of very tinsy, tiny little calculations, but like a lot of them. So a GPU architecture that's refined for that makes a lot of sense. Uh, NVIDIA has invested heavily in that. Um, in their tensor cores and other kind of stuff like that. So they already had a chip called the A100 that was exactly that. It was, you put in a server, or you could get a standalone or whatever, but basically it's a server with a bunch of GPU cores in it, or modified GPU cores that's specifically dedicated to running these sort of AI tasks. And most, and probably, almost certainly, I I don't know this for a fact, but there's like a 85% chance that OpenAI that ChatGPT was modeled and created on these A100 NVIDIA chips. Okay. So this is this is one of the foundational bedrocks of the industry okay. when it comes to tensor core processing, when it comes to AI um, software. So they just announced the H100, which will replace the A100. The H100 is up to... 10 times faster than the previous A100 for the types of calculations that are used in GPT-3 processing. 10 times faster. Um, They're already in production, and they are likely already deployed in, starting to be deployed in businesses right now. Um, And the, for example, the Amazon Web Services announced the EC2 Ultra Cluster P5, which can scale 20,000 interconnected H100 GPUs in one machine. Okay. That's the, that's the scale that's required right, to run fine. these cards. Let's just say big. We'll just big. 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 That's and so saying. all of the stuff that you would have to pay for ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. It just got an order of magnitude ten times cheaper, or slash faster. Right. So anything that you could do before on a normal, Chat you know, GPT Chat thing. GPT, you can now do with one tenth of the power. Okay, and, and so and I have some ideas about what that. So that just means that in the next year, there will be 10, it'll get 10x better. So I just, this is, this is always a big deal. And it's just, so we're going to expect to be blown away in the next year. Okay. All right. So those are the three things you want to talk about. And And that's the podcast. Thanks. That's what we were going to talk about, but it took us the entire time to map that out. All right. So. Well, I kind of did the third one. Oh, good. Well, the one one comment I'll make on the third one, okay, is I think this means moving forward a a leap in uh, in visual stuff because a lot of the Mm. a lot of the AI chat GPT stuff is very text based, right? And you type in things and it types things back to you, and I'm sure that will continue. But you know, they're starting. They've been starting to show about being able to input and output uh, visually. So there's been and a little bit lots of, of work has already been done on this. Yeah. So, but I'm assuming that the the increase in power will one way we'll see it is is visual, which you know I'm always interested yeah. in because I've been saying things like, um, you know, the AI is going to be doing the interaction design and screen design and app design and it's already has been doing that but kind of in a text way um and now it should be able to start doing it in a regular screen visual display so i i i just that's always going on in the back of my mind there's um one of the other things they announced is even on your desktop chips yeah uh there's a new thing with nvidia you can go into the settings and turn it on and it will automatically, if it senses that you're playing a video, yeah, it will automatically upscale it yeah. from 720p or 1080p to 4K. Okay. 
Okay. So that includes n- anything that's in a Chrome browser. So um, yeah. Netflix in a Chrome browser, YouTube, what any yeah. kind of video, it'll just automatically take it, analyze it, figure out, oh, this is blurry. It should be sharp here. Use AI to kind of predict what it's supposed yeah. to look like and automatically upscale that content to 4K. And you can run that now in your desktop GPU. Okay. So there, there are, it, it's not like... Uh, because of video games mm-hmm. and because of media consumption, there's already been a lot of work right. that has been done yeah. in AI making video of various sorts. Yeah. Uh, and one last example I will give is when you were playing the the new version of DLSS, DLSS three, which is Nvidia's. Oh, uh, it is sort of they're using AI to look at you know uh, when you play a video game, you're playing at let's just say 100 frames per second. And so that's a lot. That's a lot of frames. It's happening very quickly, 100 frames per second. And what the game will, what the what the graphics card will do, is it'll take a look at the different frames. And you know, if you're think of like a like a soldier running across the screen very slowly, right? The difference between one frame to the next, if you're doing 100 frames per second, is very small. But it's a little blurry and it's a little whatever. And so the AI processing on your graphics card looks at those frames coming off of from the video game engine and says, oh, we can we can insert a frame in between these two frames. We're going to add an extra frame. It doesn't really exist, but using AI, we're going to guess that, you know, if 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 the if the video game character is running from one side to the other, we will guess that in between he will be in between those mm-hmm. two sides. And you can artificially boost your frame rate to you know we'll just say 160 frames per second by the ai automatically basically creating these Mm -hmm. pictures in between and inserting them into your screen in between the frames that are actually calculated so there has been a lot of work already uh that is happening and is already deployed okay for creating video but here's a question i have for you that i don't expect you know the answer to, and maybe it's slightly off topic, maybe. <clears throat> but you know, if we go back to to what I'm interested in, forget what about all this video game stuff. But if That's we go fine. back to the question of how will the AI create screens? How will the AI do interaction design work? One of the things I've never, I've not. I mean, I haven't spent very much time thinking about it, but you know how. How will you input? So, for example, with, you know, two months ago or a month ago, you know, I experimented with that version of ChatGPT and I typed in, you know, create create an app for people to sign up for, uh, to register for training on blah, right? And I, I just put in a bunch of words and it created a little screen for me, right? But uh, it said, oh, here's the app, and it created the screen, and it had the, it created the buttons, and, and it was pretty crude, but, you know, it did it. But I'm just curious about, you know, moving forward, what will be the way the humans interact and tell the AI what screens to create? And you, you don't have to answer this. No, question. I do, because this is a perfect transition oh, into the into second the- topic. Okay, go ahead. We're actually going in reverse. I said one, two, three. And we're going three, two, one. We're going three, two, one. All right. So So two is all about um, uh, Microsoft 365 Copilot. Yeah. Because Microsoft would argue, and you will have to determine if this is correct, that the way that you are going to input this stuff and make things with AI... Yeah. Is through natural human language yeah. direction. So I'm not saying that that should be the way, but at least for the immediate future, Microsoft is saying the way that you're well, going to prompt the yeah. AI to do stuff is, is way, with. Is what you do with ChatGPT. You just type or you talk. Right. So create a yeah. screen. Now, yeah. now we should now. This actually is really good. So for those of you who may not know, um, Copilot is the 
is the new Microsoft sort of um, yeah, unfortunately, chat. I'm going to say everybody should go watch that co-pilot video. And I'm sorry to say that. I'm sorry to say that to you because it's 36 minutes long. And there are definitely places where you might be rolling your eyes, which which I did. Um, we, we can talk about those things that were I found annoying. Um, however, it does give, I think, a good picture, examples of what they have in mind. And so yeah, so Copilot they they're putting it everywhere in Microsoft. Yeah, it every, will be in Word, in Word and PowerPoint and PowerPoint, Excel, Excel and Outlook, whatever. it's going to be in Edge, like they're just putting it everywhere. Um it is different than ChatGPT because ChatGPT is limited because it at least for the the free, you know the the ones they allow everyone to do, they kind of cut the learning off, you know, a year ago, and it's just on the internet. What, what where Copilot is a little more magical, um, in fairness to Copilot, is that it can use other data sets in its right. creation process, like your own corporate data. Well, yeah, yeah. For example, yeah. So or or anything. So for example, um, it. Much like uh, in ChatGPT, you know, you can say, "Hey, write a uh, a poem in the style of Shakespeare about or write, you know, write ravens a blog or something." Post in the style that is, you know, funny. In the style of the New York Times, and so what what you can do is you can tell a Copilot to do this thing. Okay, create a you know a bunch of screens and slides for someone to log in. Well, okay, that's a, you can't tell Copilot no, to do let, that. No, let's tell it to, you know, you can say create a PowerPoint deck. Presentation using the, the, the colors from this document and the uh, business plan from our from meeting. From our Word document. And you can tag and, that Word document. So yeah. what the AI does is it, it is grabbing things from the document you link to. Documents. Our documents you link to and then assembling that in a way that, yeah. you know, makes sense. So... One could imagine a future, um, be so because that's interesting because that's using natural language, but it's also using uh, pictures, text, other raw materials to build a something. But you it's not use natural. But you talk. You you use natural language. You type in or talk in just words to to tell it what to go get and what to do. Yeah, but it can. But then it's creating things that, in PowerPoint's case, is visual. So one could yeah. imagine just applying that forward. You tell, you can tell it, hey, make some screens, use um, our, you know, current website, and here's the website URL or the Figma files or whatever as the template you know, for that use here, this is our design system with all of our colors and our fonts and our best practices. Use that as the guide. Did, you have to stay I within that. You could, you, I mean, the part I'm interested in is more the task architecture or the information architecture. So, you know, I, can I ask can a question? You, yeah. What, in what format are task architecture? Well, that's what I'm asking stored? is like what, you know, right now we do diagrams, you know, that say, uh, you know, kind of flowchart diagrams that say, well, here's the first thing the user wants to do and here's the, you know, where it needs to go and get that, in, you know, that information is stored over here. And then, you know, most of the time, the next thing they want to do is this. But sometimes, you know, this occurs and that's usually in a task flow diagram can be in outline in words. And I guess that's what I'm, that, you know, I'm kind of curious about what, what are the, what kind of inputs can can it handle, and what kind of inputs do yeah. we want to use? Well, I I think um, I mean so so it is. I think something complicated, like it, in some ways, AI is sort of perfect for this role. Uh, a, a task information architecture and you know ta task architecture. These are complicated things that yeah they can be very that are hard for almost anyone who's not a uh a, a ux researcher or information architect i mean there those people have really awesome analytical chops yeah and one of the hardest skills is taking 
stuff and interviews and consolidating it into complex flows and maps process and systems. And but and once you have that process flow and map, it it is that is something that I think AI would be able to deal with rather easily because it very much resembles to me software uh, coding. So a lot of coding is sort of that do this and then this and if this other thing then it ties on in over here and it's, it's very sort of it's it's it goes in a progression the way most um sort of user yeah flows go uh test flows go but it but it is sort of splintery and spidery and you have to do this thing and then you do this loop over here and then you kind of return a variable back to the beginning and so so a lot of the ai stuff has been designed with code in mind and i yeah. think following that you know, having the AI, you know, in quotes, understand for whatever that means, these sort of complex processes, okay. and then putting stuff together, okay. I think but is can I, can within I its tell capabilities. You my fear. I mean, I have many fears. Again, well, it should fears. all be illegal. But well, sure. Uh, okay, yes. I know, and we we need to come back to that. We do. <sighs> okay, here's some of the things I'm concerned about. First of all, I'm concerned. You know, I've said to you, how many times in the last month have I said to you, UX is dead. I keep saying this, you know, and my fear yeah. is that if the AI can create screens and if you can create a screen just by saying, hey, create a screen for blah, 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 that you, people are going to be, you know, this is already happening. There's so much interaction design that is very tactical and that is very feature oriented. And that does not take the whole entire workflow into account from a human-centered point of view. And I think this is just going to make that all so much easier. So now you'll just continue to have, oh, this little set of three screens that does this one action, that builds this one feature, and doesn't make any sense to what the person might have wanted to do before or after. And I think, you know, it'll just it'll just make it worse. So that's one of my deep concerns. So let's address this concern. And it will look pretty in that it'll go and it'll get the the button from the design system and, and it'll make the button, you know, if somebody created a design system and the buttons are a good size and color and contrast and all of that, that's nice and it'll have the nice button on there. But the, the task flow will be garbage because every person's going to be doing just their little bit and then it'll somehow knit it all together and everyone will go, Ooh, that's great. And it won't be great. So that's that. So I, I want to say that, but I want to say something else and then I'll let, I'll be quiet and let you talk. The, one of the things that occurred to me when I was watching the co-pilot video was, Oh, we're just going to use AI to, uh, instead of fixing, you know, one of the things that struck me in in the co-pilot video, this woman from Microsoft stands there and she says, and I remember because her arms go out, she said, people only use 10% of the things that PowerPoint can do. And they don't use 90% of the capability. They were really pushing PowerPoint animations. In the, in and the, I'm like... Yeah. Yeah, well, that's because they might be poorly designed. No one knows they're there. Even if you want to do it, you can't figure out how to do it. And so, so it's like, oh, we have all these, we have all this bad design with our software, and we don't have to fix any of it anymore because the AI is going to do it all. And so, therefore, don't worry that all of our products are unusable because you don't have to do it anymore. I'm like, well, that was convenient. We can just get rid of <laughs> having a good interaction designed for anything because the AI will just do it. And maybe that's a great idea, except that I, I think it's still going to compound itself. And if the AI is creating, I just think the whole human-centered piece is going to well, fall okay. off the rails. Okay, so, so to respond to all of this. Yeah. For example, yeah, there, there were what I would like to 
to explain is the the question of a dunk. A dunk? Yes, a basketball dunk. <laughs> okay. I I I, 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 th- I did not see this coming. Okay. This is this is the yeah. I thought of this while watching the. <laughs> Go ahead. You, this is what you thought of when watching the co-pilot. So, a dunk is very cool. It's when, you know, on a 10-foot standard basketball rim, a human being jumps up with the ball in a hand and can push the ball through the rim, jumping so high that they can reach and their hands are large enough to be able to can just I say dunk the ball in. In my life, I will never do a dunk. That yeah. is not now, physically possible. Now, I have dunked on, of course, short rims. Yes. I can't quite get up. Make it all the way to, to the 10-foot. On foot. a 10-foot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, can, I, can, I can maybe get to... I, I am not, for those of you listening, I'm not that tall. I'm about 5'8". Right. Um, so I can, I can maybe get to the rim back uh, when I was a little more spry, but I, I'm not going to be able to get high enough to dunk. So if... Everyone on Earth can dunk. Okay, which they can't. No, no, but let's just assume. Everyone on okay. Earth can dunk. Okay. Every, Basically every human being, for the most part, can jump up the required amount and okay. slam a basketball through a hoop. Then can anyone dunk? Then what is the purpose of a dunk? It is a concept that doesn't exist. Dunks exist because very few people can actually do can them. Do them. That's okay. what makes them cool. So it becomes. That's a what thing. makes it exist. Right. Um, so when I was watching this keynote, and they were, you know, talking about, you know, we'll take the the word they used over and over and over that clearly the marketing people had said is, you know, we take the drudgery out oh, of yeah. we take in the drudgery work. out drudgery so you out can focus work. on blah blah blah, and they gave all these examples, and on paper they're like. Wow, okay, so before I was a salesperson and I was putting together these presentations, you know, and let's just assume I was putting, you know, five presentations a week. But because of Microsoft Copilot, I'll now be able to make 10 a week and they'll look awesome. And I can send them to my clients. And because of that, I will get more business because I will have, I, you know, right now I'm getting X amount of business and I will just double the amount of presentations I can give. And I will therefore have some, you know, increase in the amount of, um, you know, money that I can close as a salesperson. But it doesn't work that way. Because if everyone can dunk, then no one can dunk. So if everyone can use AI to make a really snazzy presentation, to make it a great marketing pitch with the details of the meeting and blah, 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 then none of the presentations are any good. Good is only relative to the other things that you're competing against. So so what is a good presentation on today's standards is gone and it's a totally now is a totally different standard and a different standard just requires different you know different words right so if everyone can dunk you know dunk doesn't matter it's you know it's a it's like a you know whatever the new word is you know like a what's what's really cool you know is a is a you know fluding yeah, yeah, right, right. Where you where you jump on the backboard and then you do <laughs> and a somersault go over and in the back. Right, yeah, right. right so right, right. so and use somersault into the net and come out. The yeah, bottom. yeah, right. So some some hard thing and and humans will always figure out what the hard thing is and make that cool because it's hard. Yeah. So if like if there are things humans do that are completely incredible, like speech, speech is amazing. It's maybe one of the coolest things that exists. The fact that we just use these sounds and we can all instantly understand it and we communicate and we tell stories and it's just, it's fantastic. And no one cares because everyone can do it. It's not like, wow, they, did you talk today? Did you see him order right. a coffee? Right. That right. was incredible, right? Because it doesn't matter. There's not even a word, you know, it's not even a word because it's not special because everyone can do it. So, um, there, what you are saying with UX is true in so many industries, so many things. Well, I worry that now, what now that they can just automate the creation of screens, they're going to get rid of all the blah 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 and just automate the creation of screens. Maybe, right? But that's true of code. 
That's that's true yeah. of copying. That's yeah. true of marketing. That's true of sales. That's true of HR. That's true of uh, legal. Yep. That's true of like you know everything, right? Everything. Mm-hmm. And so, so if if everyone can do this stuff, if suddenly everyone can make a passable website that looks pretty, well, then none of them actually look pretty, and none of them are interesting, and none of them stand out, and it doesn't, it sort of doesn't matter. So, you know, that's, I don't necessarily, even though everyone ups their game, I don't think it matters. It's not like there's a final end game when it comes to design or user experience where, and this is true of any field, where suddenly it's like, well, we did it. The The user flow is we perfect forever. And, and we all now, like, We've ad- we as a society have advanced beyond usability. There is we've we've achieved <laughs> usability nirvana, and we all yeah. just like float yeah. around in padded chairs or whatever. Like the the, the entire you know you've s- compared the usability of a modern website, and or that maybe that's usability, but the sort of the the ability for someone to interact with you know a video game to like a chewy interface. Now, in many ways, like the Chewy is simpler. Chewy meaning, by the way, for those of you who might, may not know, it's the character character user interface, interface before, before they invented they were the graphical Jew, user interface. Right. So, you know, the difference in being able to, you know, or using a an iPhone versus punch cards. Right. Like the usability is so much better, but it's not like oh well, we're done now. So there's always going to be ways where you can differentiate yourself in the market. And the whole point of usability is, yeah, you care about your customers, dot, dot, dot. And you want to be better than your competition. Right. You know, your des- you want your design to be better. You want your interactions to be better. You want, you know, things to be more engaging, um, things to work better. So I am, I mean, on one hand, I'm of course pessimistic and yeah, we could destroy the entire economy and ripple effects and, you know, shall be illegal. I I think I've been pretty clear about this. Um, On the other hand, I do see, you know, just because every, if everyone raises their game, okay, then how do you raise, raise, raise your game? Right. Right. What's, what's the next, what's the next level? What's the next level that then you have to figure out to make it better than the competition because you always have to be better than the competition somehow you need a way to differentiate yourself in the space and that's true for marketing and sales and ux all right so let's 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 talk some more let can we can we just take a minute and talk about well maybe we shouldn't if people haven't watched it yet but i kind of want to talk about all the things that were annoying and bothersome in that presentation so you mentioned the one about they kept saying drudgery take the drudgery and bring joy Uh, again this is going to bring joy to these type of keynotes are for the shareholders to think that they have a future whatever and they're going to make a lot of money so it's always designed for shareholders so just yeah. everyone, you've got to keep so that in mind. That, when you're I watching was rolling so my eyes about audience. the drudgery and the joy and the agency. That's another word. Oh, yeah. Way, oh, you're the, ever, you have agency at every you step. Even, even though all you'll be getting is spam emails with very beautifully crafted <laughs> PowerPoint beautifully decks. Crafted spam, but, yeah, but that, that you didn't ask for. You and agency. you don't know if they're made by human or not. <laughs> and you don't so, even know if they... So what, what, really, what really bugs me. Yeah. We are going to get to a point where it just, this is one, it makes me want to slam my head against the wall. You have, there's AI software that creates marketing presentation decks and automated emails and like, you know, and, and, and back and forth conversations. And they will send that to other companies where automated AI systems will review proposals and determine which are the best proposals. So now all the work that work in quotes that people were doing where they're talking to different companies is just two AIs just talking with each other. 
there's not even a there's not even a person no, yeah involved at the at the loop it's just like so so the like these ais are like well i think it should be 20 cents per unit it's like well how about 25 well thanks but i'm gonna talk to my manager okay well you get back to me and it'll all just like just be ais talking to each other in silence in some server I just like what it, what it, what it, what is the point of any of this? So it's just AIs are just mimicking. They're just gonna just gonna duplicate because because they were they're all designed with the thought that there would be a human on the other end. That's the whole point of a of a nice looking marketing presentation is that you then give it to some human stakeholder so that they buy your product. And of course, so so then the but all the receiving is also going to be automated. So these things that are designed for a human presentation and these things that are designed to receive human presentations will then just be completely automated going back and forth, just pretending to have human conversations with each other. It's, uh, I just, yeah, I just want to bang my head against the wall. It's okay. so ridiculous. So anno next annoying thing. Um, well, I was confused. I was confused by several things in this presentation. Oh, at the and very I have an can I, I have an annoying thing after yours. So go ahead. Oh, oh yeah, but I may never stop. You may never get a chance to say. Oh, well, right. no, I just want to I want to get okay. one in there. Um so it annoyed me that they started one of the first examples they mentioned was about uh, in order to oh, work more no wonderful. Kidding. First of all, they mentioned a nurse and then said nothing about it's like there was nothing in this that a nurse would do. And in fact, one of the first things I thought of was before they even said the word nurse, I was like, well, you take the drudgery out of work. Yeah, well, there's a yeah, lot of work. Yeah, take the drudgery do. out of work unless you're a plumber. Unless you're a plumber or a nurse, a nurse or, a, a, or all the, anybody who has labor. to deal with things that aren't well, digital. So um, that was like... What? Well, it, the the bourgeoisie in their Silicon Valley palaces. I don't know. That's Let just, them why eat did they work. They even mention nurse then. All right, so that was one thing that bothered me. Then another thing that bothered me was they said that um Yeah, that, that was that was very annoying. Th they they kept you know, they mentioned briefly at the beginning about, you know, responsible, responsible AI. That's the new term by the way responsible AI. Can, and then at I, the end, that one woman who's like, well, of course it'll, it, you know, it, everyone will pay attention and, and make sure that they're using this responsibly. And I was like, okay. seriously, All right. that's if your this nod is, to, this is, to this ethics? is my time. And I thought to myself, Guthrie was, well, this is, this is my time to shine. This is my Go time ahead. to shine. Talk Guthrie. Cause what I've done yeah. is I've, I went to yeah. the Microsoft website where they yeah. list their AI transparency documents. Okay. I've read through all the details. Oh, you have? I have. I've and, read it. It is complete vaporware. Yeah. There is nothing, nothing, nothing there whatsoever. It yeah. is just whatever they want to do. Uh, yeah. The worst example is when it comes to AI and privacy, Yeah. it says... It is one sentence, and it says like covered under the standard Microsoft user yeah. agreement. That's it. Yeah. There's yeah. there's there's nothing in there. It's just some like talk to stakeholders. There are no guidelines. There are no rules. I think it's great that they publish this thing. It means absolutely nothing. No, and even if it does say anything, there is no mechanism by how it's followed. There's nothing in there that says you know if we determine that it's going to be unethical, we'll pull it from the market. No, like we we to. promise to not make money off of it. No, it's yeah. there's nothing in, there. nothing in there. It is just complete lip service. And this is not Microsoft's fault. I'm sure all the big tech companies are doing this. It. Yeah. It's a it's a complete, empty, vapid joke if they say anything about transparency. Yeah. So this will lead me into what annoys me. Go ahead. About this. AI relies on data. You need good data to have good results. It's garbage, you know, garbage in, garbage out. And it just so happens that all this AI stuff, conveniently enough, it, it's only amplified if you're within the walled garden of whatever company's AI you're using. Isn't that convenient? Wait a minute, say more. What do you mean? So in order to use Copilot yeah. and have it 
create a PowerPoint based yeah. on your call. It just so happens that you have to use PowerPoint and right. Excel and right. have the call in Teams where right. you can have the transer and have use Azure Cloud and right. have the admin right. stuff to, there. So so it can use the the, the Microsoft, Microsoft, all the data that's in right. there with and and all their users and the exchange accounts. So it just so happens that that AI works if you are already in the walled garden of yeah. the company with whom you were paying That's money. Right. If That's you're right. using Miro board Forget for your work, it. if yeah. you're using Slack for your chats, yeah, yeah, none of it works. You can't right. use any of it. It's like, it's just, you know, it's, it's function functionally then just chat GPT stapled to, you know, word, which yeah. is kind of what it always was. So the magic sauce that really is very cool only works if you stay in the nice walled garden and pay them all their money. And so it's another example of these large monolithic companies realizing that the way we make money is by monopolizing the processes that are happening. It's why yeah. Adobe tried to buy Figma, for yeah. example. And as long as we can stay in our monopolistic walled gardens, right. then we'll then the money flows because you can it. never leave. Because if you leave, suddenly you all your processes, all, all your flows, all your AI stuff, all the ways that you do it's everything gone. is gone. And now you're trapped forever. Now, being trapped forever in Microsoft is, I mean, it's not the worst thing. They've been they, they've been around a long time. They sort of dominate the space in some capacity. But it it just it just so happens that all these companies, you know, uh, Facebook with Meta and their sort of AI stuff, yeah. like it just so happens that it only works in the walled garden of the company who yeah, creates it. Now, you can still do the natural language processing stuff like ChatGPT, and that's why ChatGPT yeah. is so cool because it doesn't rely on a walled garden. But to do any of the more advanced, do any of the work stuff right. it's requires that. The, yep. which, which in some ways makes sense because, uh, you know, if you're some company developing a new, I, I don't know, bicycle engine or something, electric, electric bike battery, like you don't want your plans just out in the open, right? You're... Your, all your data is under wall and key anyways. So anyway, it just it just it just so happens that there's no interoperability. You have to stay within the walled garden. And the instant you stop paying, all of your in, insights and data, whatever, right, is just gone. gone. You know, so one of the that things that me. one of the things that I thought was weird in the video was the part about business chat. And about all the things you could do. It's business, like you're in a meeting. Business chat. Who came up with that one? You're in the meeting. Business chat. You're in the Teams meeting. You're in a Teams video call. And instead of participating oh, in the Teams video call, while you're there. You're well, yeah, doing, not after. While you're no, on, while you're on, the, on call, the call. You're supposed to be interacting with people. Instead, you're going to be asking for a summary and... Uh, what did uh, what did what did they say earlier in the meeting? So I because I definitely wasn't paying because attention. Because I wasn't paying attention because I was playing with my AI stuff, and so I missed what they decided. And and now, so so while I'm in the meeting, I can be requesting what happened in the meeting I'm in, and I was like, what? <laughs> They're replacing. What is that? The drudgery of work, and by drudgery they mean interacting with your colleagues in any capacity, <laughs> and and thinking about things. <laughs> yeah, thinking about things and, and interacting having, with people. And interacting with people. Instead, that we we cannot we can't have that. It's drudgery, Guthrie. In fairness, I know a lot of people who like work from home, and they can't stand being on all these really. Don't well, work they want, they and that's because be, a lot of corporate cultures are terrible, right? And they can so, be on the call and not be on the call, and periodically they can they can just type in, summarize, summarize, but, yeah. And then when it's their turn to present, but if everybody's on the call, not being on the call, there won't be anything to summarize. Anyway. So there's a difference between <laughs> a a conversation and a presentation. Yeah, like having having like a 
having having a group of people on a call all talking, even if they're yeah. all on the call at the same time, yeah. all all wor collaboratively working together, right, discussing something, and right. just sitting there, and one person like one person presents, one person and maybe they're having a right. back and forth. With one person, and, okay, and then it's the next person there. sort of presenting and saying, well, you know, here's what I was working on, and then there's like one or two people talking, whereas and most people are just like not doing it. So now they figured out a magical way to get rid of even more collaboration on work calls. So the idea of having five people all work collaboratively on anything no longer needs to happen because you just right. wait your turn and then you can just jump in and say the two things that are required for you to all right. appear so like you're, yeah. We talked about three, we've talked about Ridiculous. two, but now let's talk about one. What is this thing about that you want to, because I don't want to run even. out of time here, this loop thing. And then we still haven't gotten, this is all current. We didn't even go and talk about past Microsoft stuff. I'm sorry, but tell, Microsoft. Talk to me about loop. Okay, actually, this we can talk about past Microsoft now. So um, we've just spent a bunch of time bashing on Microsoft for a lot of ways. They're no better or no worse than any other company. In fact, they're yes. probably better, if I'm in, yes. being entirely honest. So, um, you know, like, at least they have a transparent policy and at least, or something, or I don't know, whatever. Um, at least you can't tell, ask, like, Microsoft uh, AI to build you a bomb, which I'm sure you'll be able to do soon. So that'll be fun. Um, one, oh, one last thing that I do want to say about before we jump to loop is the privacy implications of people who are working. It's really, really, really bad. Yeah, I agree. So um, what everyone has to remember, Microsoft has a whole admin section. There is a back end to all of this. So we were yeah. talking about the user facing stuff, but there will also be a back end. So you'll be able to, if you're an admin, um, show me every single employee who in any email or a video call at yeah. any time, because all yep. the video calls are recorded and transcripts are made, yep. uh, said anything bad about me That's or right. the boss or the CEO yep. or talked about doing drugs or said anything that was, you know, um, the uh, uh, pro LGBT or whatever yep. it is. Instantly, the AI there. will be able to analyze every single yep. email, I, I phone know. call, chat, document that I you know. have on about it. any device that you're logged That's into right. your com work computer because they spy on all that stuff and yes. instantly provide that data. All of that. It is yep. big brother to the quadrillionth degree. Right, right. So I that's agree. bad. That's bad. Um, <laughs> let's just move on from that. Uh, yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, so, so, so if you're an employee, you should be seriously worried about the spy implications, not of Microsoft, though they may use your data anonymously, but whatever, but of your own of corporation your and how someone in that department could use it. Because yes. um, it's sort been of going on for way. a while, but now it's going to be so Supercharged. Easy, so powerful. Oh, supercharged. Because yeah, at, least, at least I would say, you know, I think a lot of people and companies know, I'm not going to write this in an email. Like, if I'm right. going to say something controversial, like, I'm not going to put this in email form where right. it could be used against me later. Well, great. Now all your phone conversations right. in Teams are being are monitored and recorded. absolutely part of it. Yep. So, fantastic. All right. So, uh, moving on to Microsoft Loop. So, Microsoft has a long history, I think, of really pushing user interfaces forward. Um, but they take their time. And they take their time because of a history and because they're very corporate and they have a lot of, you know, they don't go, they don't go quickly. Word has not changed very much in the last 20 years. Um, but when they do, when they do something, they usually just steal it from someone else. So like Microsoft Teams is, they just got scared of Slack and bought Skype and shoehorned this thing together called Teams, but they cobbled it into a very powerful tool that we use all the time. And um, there are other companies that sort of envisioned the future of it might, they copied Xerox too. So basically what they do is they find good ideas and right. they copy them and then make them mainstream. They yeah. sort of just eat them. Um, yeah. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's monopolistic, but I don't know if it's necessarily bad if it mm -hmm. makes uh, user interface, if it brings uh, user interfaces forward. So there is a, uh, apparently there's a, uh, there's a product, I don't know a whole lot about it, called Notion that already did this. There are other startups that have done stuff like this, but now Microsoft just stole it. It's ours now. They're calling it Microsoft Loop. And Loop is a combination, I would say, between, um, have you ever used Mike, uh, one, uh, OneNote? Yes. 
So OneNote is their note-taking software. So it's sort of a combination of Note and Miro and Google Sheets in some way. And okay. it it's from a technical perspective, it's really, really cool because um, what it allows you to do, think of if you if you've ever used a PowerPoint and you want to show a graph from Excel, yeah. you can link an Excel document into PowerPoint. You can yeah. do, there's like, it's a, not, no one does it because it's a card, but you can technically link to it, which means that if you make a change in the Excel document, it will then, you know, it's when you bring up 90% percent, of things yeah. that nobody does. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you, if you needed, you know, updated the sales numbers in yeah. your deck, it would automatically update. Yes. It is sort of like that. Um, so what loop does is it takes it to the trillionth degree. So anything that you do, any kind of snippet, and I forget exactly what they call it. Maybe they call it a loop. Maybe they call it a snippet. Maybe they call it something. Anything you do is its own snippet. And any snippet can be shared anywhere very okay. easily. Okay. So for example, uh, one thing you could do is you... Uh, in in loop, you have a new thing. We'll just we'll just say you know it's you know pi two planning, okay, and it's sort of a blank document. Okay. And in that blank document, you have multiple people working on it together, like a Miro yeah. board. Yeah. So it's it's collaborative in that sense. And what someone can do is, hey, um, so here are like here's here's what everyone's working on in this this current sprint that we're doing. Yeah. And so what you do is you link to that document that you some Excel document where you have the list of all the projects. Yeah. And then people can work on that collaboratively together. And it's like, okay, let's make a to-do list and you make the to-do list right there. It's like, okay, let's have like the project management sync and you all just sort of do that and it points to somewhere else. It's like, okay, let's uh let's turn this into a PowerPoint, right? And then in that little section is the PowerPoint document. So it's all so all the different documents you can go there separately, but in loop they're all connected and you can edit them all so and they all sort of loop works. Is loop like an application like yes. PowerPoint Excel? Yes, it's an application. Okay. It's you could it's sort of like a Does it, it exist yeah. now? Um it's it's existed in a trial format for a while. Um allegedly anyone can now preview it as of this last presentation. Okay. So it 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 uh it allows so it's basically like a whiteboard. It's like you can pull in emails, you can pull in word, you can pull in web documents, you can uh, make to-do lists, you can add do project stuff. So it's this really hyper malleable uh is place how, how easy for collaboration. Is it to use? I have not personally used it. I have because they just announced the demo okay. of it. Um, it looks really cool and okay. it looks very collaborative. Try? Yeah. Yeah. I'm really, I think, I think, I mean, I know they talked about it and they built Copilot into it and all that kind of stuff. But I actually think if you're talking about working collaboratively, this I think this be. is a really, really big deal. It will change. If we're talking about replacing email. Yeah. As the default mode that you communicate in the workplace. Yeah. And Slack did that to some extent. Yeah. This is the next step hmm. where instead of having an email conversation back and forth, or a chat, you have, or... or a chat, right? You have a, I don't, you we call it a loop page. I don't know what it is that have the people on it, right? So if we're trying to mm -hmm. figure out how to put a training together, mm -hmm. you know, between us and a client and someone mm -hmm. else we would have a page together. We would all go to the page. We'd have our notes. We'd have, okay, here's the contract that needs to be signed. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, did you get this approved by legal? Okay, here's the updated contract. So it's all here in this one there. place. And it's all collaborative. So instead of this, the, the big email chains back and forth, you all yeah. go to this collaborative loop page. So it has the potential to turn these processes that are not graphical into, into now, graphical. into graphical. And right, that's it. I'm, I'm gonna, I will definitely, I will definitely check this out. We'll so see. I'm skeptical. You're skeptical? Why are you skeptical? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just skeptical that it's well implemented, that it's usable, that that I can figure it out. Maybe that's what I'm skeptical about. I have I have one last question for you about Microsoft. Go ahead. I think that they've been really good with their UX. Um, and I want you to compare and contrast Microsoft products. <laughs> 
this is this is my my with with other professional my, my midterm exam compare and products. contrast micro microsoft ux with what and the usability of it and how good it is with other professional products because it's not quite fair to compare and contrast it to you know a simple website because you know these are these are sort of complex yeah, somewhat yeah, professional yeah. applications well you know, like Excel, like no one knows what Excel can do except for the Excel wizards. But like for the people who use Excel, I mean, it can do a ton. Yeah, I mean, you know, if I had to give if I had to give Microsoft in general a grade on their user experience, I might give them a B minus. I mean, mm -hmm. Which for you, I mean, that's high praise. Realizing that nobody gets an A, so forget that. Yeah, well, Windows minus. isn't terrible. So I think you know. It's not terrible. I mean, they they have a lot of people in UX, so uh, you know they've they've got UX teams <laughs> all over, and they do a lot of research, and they do a lot of UX design, and so I know that they're, I know that they spend considerable effort. And they do care about the user experience, I believe. And I know I people like, who have worked on that team and they are talented, smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, like any any organization that's doing any tech, I think it's easy for them to for the whole UX to get overwhelmed by other things like features. We should probably have an, a podcast episode on on the word features and how that is the enemy <laughs> of UX. Um, really, you should get t-shirts made. I, I features are the enemy of UX. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay, I'll do that. I'll and wear. We, let's make. Let's make up some t-shirts. I'll buy one. An entire hour. But I think in general, I think that Microsoft is okay. I think, you know, if they if they said we're going to now spend whatever money we need to spend to to fix all the UX problems and really bring this up to be excellent UX, I think they could do that. And I think it would take a lot of time and money to do that. There's, you know, they have so many apps and there's so many small interactions and I I really think I'm not, not kidding when that woman in that video said People only use 10% of the capability of PowerPoint. It's like, right. They only use 10% of PowerPoint, Word, uh, Excel, all of them, because it's too hard to do, you know, all the other stuff. It, you, you don't, you don't know what's there and you don't know how to do it and, and you don't have time. So yeah, they're, they're, can, they're okay. They're can okay. I, can I bring up one last point Yeah. before we close? The other thing that I just <clears throat> was when, <clears throat> sorry, I'm, gonna, I'm joking up here. I'm You're so, getting so, so emotional. emotional. Um, there's a spot where, because we're talking about Microsoft for professional use. Yeah. But a lot of people do use Microsoft stuff for personal use. Yeah, and they had a big personal example where how you right. would use Wait, which was PowerPoint. their first big example after they said this said had to do with work. The their nurse. first example was not work. But what it was um, was this woman said that she had her the daughter who she loved so much, so much, so much. She had a she had a graduation coming up, and sh and she loves her so much. She used AI <laughs> to completely automate. The celebration of her daughter in like the most soulless so way I can imagine. Like she so had terrible. like you guys have to go watch this. She this she video. has the AI craft the the speech that she's going to give at her daughter's graduation, saying like I'm so proud of you. So she like she hates her daughter so much she couldn't even <laughs> spend the five minutes to speak from the heart about how much she loves her daughter. She had, she had to go AI to an AI so the AI could tell her how to tell her, this is how you tell you your daughter that you love her. Okay. And, and, and then the write worst part, the worst part, and then we really do have to go, was in the speech that the AI put together, <laughs> <laughs> it had a little prompt that says, 
Look at Tasha. Yeah, now. look at Tasha. Like <laughs> a like, like a prompt so like how to give oh the good God. speech. You need like, a prompt to about when to turn so that you can so that you can love your daughter you love so much. Okay. Yeah. No, the the video is really fun. <laughs> Everybody should go watch it and So um, uh, so in conclusion. In conclusion. In conclusion. Okay. AI stuff is moving forward. Microsoft yeah. is doing some really interesting stuff. Yeah. They're the pioneer here. Yeah. They're the pioneer. And um, I think people will, if, if, if everyone can dunk, no one can dunk. Okay. And if every speech right now, if you give a heartfelt speech or a really good speech, that means a lot to someone. Like if you stand up at someone's wedding or you stand up at someone's graduation and you give a heartfelt speech, that means a lot. But if everyone can give a good speech because they put it through a chat GPT, then none of the speeches are good. And you will have to find out some other way to show your appreciation, your love, your devotion. And maybe that's by handwriting it, a note because a computer can't do it. That People will figure out ways to show that they care, that they're going above and beyond. And right. having an AI tell you to look at her daughter at her graduation to tell that's you that it. you're proud of her is not it. Guthrie, thank you so much for this talk. Yeah, I, I, I came out swinging today. I was hot. All right. I was hot. Uh, thanks for it. And uh, maybe uh, hopefully uh, next week we'll have another one. All right. Yep. Have a great right. day. Thank you. Bye, thanks, everyone. everyone. Oh, one last thing. What? If you uh, if you if you want us to make, get uh, make a run of T-shirts, <laughs> uh, get in touch. You can email info at the teamw.com. And if we get enough submissions, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll put we'll that up at our Shopify okay. store.theteamw.com is, uh, is where we'll, we'll put it if we get enough. Uh, right. But maybe no one cares. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Thanks. Bye.